Hey guys, I'm Chris. Hey everybody, I'm Robert. And we're the Film Flamers. And we had such a good time bringing back the top 10 last month that we decided to do it again. That's right. And again and again, we ran into this top 10 list. 10 times. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we are talking about gateway horror this month on the podcast. And so, Chris and I are bringing you our top 10 gateway horror films. Right. And this is less definitive, I think, than most lists because these are so difficult and I feel like these would move around every time I watch them you know what I mean agreed and so you're gonna have to place kind of these in kind of your own order and we're gonna talk a lot more about gateway horror than just these top 10 we've got a lot of special mentions we have to mention that's true so that you guys don't come after us like torch wielding villagers that's right we don't want that to happen and obviously like you can have your own opinions as well so with that being said do you want to start yes let's start with our number 10. So our number 10 is The Last Unicorn, of which I've just heard it is not your favorite movie. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) I mean, I appreciate The Last Unicorn, and I appreciate its gateway horror concepts, right? But, uh, you know. Yeah, it's not it's not my favorite like gateway animation. And the the anecdote there is that your friend made you watch it too many times in high school. That's right. So every time we would get stoned in high school, she had to turn on the last unicorn. So I've just seen it way too many times. Yeah, I feel like it's a movie to watch when you are a child and when you're an adult. Probably yeah. not in between. And I haven't probably seen it since high school. So yeah, yeah. So I loved this movie as a kid, mm-hmm. and there was nothing else really like it. Right. And uh, the animation was different, you know, similar to maybe The Hobbit. Yes. It was very Hobbity. Yeah. And so I think it's the same studio, right? And this, the studio actually became later Studio Ghibli. Really? Yes. And so this was like uh, an American production that used those animation studios, right? And so this is, of course, based on the book by Peter S. Beagle. And I don't want to deep dive into this right now, but I feel like we could if you liked it more. <laughs> and maybe you need to do a rewatch because, um, you know, when you come back to this as an adult, there are very much adult themes in this. And there's a lot of horror adjacency, like with the Red Bull, and uh, it's about death, and certainly with Mommy Fortuna, and, you know, the harpy with her tickle bitties, and <laughs> a lot of scary stuff in this. And I uh, <clears throat> love that soundtrack by America, by the way. Yes, I also like the soundtrack very much. But uh, I want to say that, you know, coming back to this movie as an adult also kind of has this interesting feeling to it, specifically with the character of Molly Grew, right? And so there's a moment where she meets the unicorn, you know, and she's like 40-ish, you know, and she's like, why have you come to me now? Right. And it's like, why not come to me when I was a child, when I was a maiden, when I was a girl, Mm -hmm. when I had innocence and now I've seen the world and you come to me now out of anger. And like, I never, I was always annoyed with her as a kid. And I was like, who are you? Get the fuck out of the story, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And now as an adult, like she's the, the character I fucking latch onto. And I'm like, yes, there's like this really, really unique melancholy, uh, to this movie. Into the story that comes to it from Molly Grew that you only really appreciate as an adult. So it's really interesting. Anyway, spent probably way too much time on just one of these movies. But this is here to represent all of these other animated films, right, in the 70s, 80s, and 90s that were very horror-adjacent and gateway horror that did not uh, market themselves as horror, right? And so that's what this this list is all about, really. It's about... 
the movies that weren't necessarily marketed as horror that ended up being gateway horror kind of incidentally. And so also some animated movies we're talking about, like some of the Disney ones, like Sleeping Beauty, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, uh, some of the others like Anastasia, Land Before Time, Disney's The Black Cauldron came out in the early 80s, right? Coraline, Nightmare Before Christmas, a lot of these animated features that weren't necessarily supposed to be horror, but were ended up being very gateway horror anyway. And also like The Secret of Nim. Right. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> it's very definitely like animated gateway horror. There's right? some horror in like the uh, An American Tale, you know? Very definitely. Yeah. Even you could say like some sort of crisis horror in Land Before Time, right? I mean, like a lot of these classic animated movies from the 90s and 80s. 70s. Hello, Sharp Tooth was my original slasher. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I, I understand and I appreciate why the last unicorn is on our list. Cause it certainly needs to be there. Right. All the, the elements saddest animated are there. movie I'd ever seen and ever will see probably. <laughs> and I definitely need to watch it again. Cause I have not seen it since I was probably like 17 years old. It's in the music. It's just like sad. It's like the time that it was is gone. You know, it's kind of Lord of the Rings in a way, you know, it's yeah. like this, this, uh, worldwide, you know, sadness that the, the, the legend mythological times had passed. And there's kind of this, public un- uh, unconscious mourning for that. Yeah. I need to watch it again. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. You know what? And we can deep dive it anytime you want to. I'm always happy to talk about movies, whether you like it, I like it or both. Well, so. let's trade places a little bit for number nine, right? This is yeah. something that you adore that I don't adore as much. So number nine on the list is little shop of horrors. And we are talking about, the musical from the 80s and not the black and white movie starring Jack Nicholson. Right. right? Which is Little Shop, Little, little shop, shop of Horrors. Talk about deep dive. I certainly want to deep dive this movie. We'll just have to alternate Last Unicorn and Little Shop of Horrors. Little like Shop of Horrors has been on our list before. Uh, certainly, I think, in, in like songs or, or, or music, right? And so I feel like we've, we've played the dentist song on one of our episodes at one point. It's possible. I, I just really fucking love this movie. And I loved it a lot when I was a kid, right? And, I mean, it has its place in horror. I mean, it's based on a horror movie, right? And then it was turned into a stage musical, which became this movie musical. Um, And it's just something that I watched a lot as a kid. There's a lot of adult themes in here. There's a lot of, like, subtle kind of, like, comedic horror going on in this. Yeah, and it's also the only thing on our list that's kind of marketed. Uh, It wasn't marketed as horror, but it has horror in the fucking title. You know what I mean? So it's kind of an exception on here. And also knowing that it had to be on the list. And there's definitely a monster in it, you yeah. know? So, I mean, and um, a really funny kind of cool one. I don't know. I <clears throat> recently watched this movie within the last couple of years, and it had been a while since I had seen it. And this movie really fucking holds up. Like, mm-hmm. it looks excellent. And it's just a fun ride, no matter when you watch it, in right. my opinion. So, seriously, as a kid, I watched this movie a shit ton. As well you should. That's why you should. That's why anyone should. Well, our number eight is Raiders of the Lost Ark. And this is kind of representative of some of those action adventure movies, especially the rest of this whole series of Indiana oh, yeah. Jones. Right? Because when you're watching this as a kid, if you've seen it as a kid, like you hadn't seen it until you were an adult. I had seen every other Indiana Jones movie except for this one. But that movie is basically becomes a horror movie oh, yeah. when he goes down into that tomb, essentially, right? To get the Ark with the filled with snakes, right? <laughs> and then at the end, it goes straight up horror 
when they open the Ark and all of the avenging spirits or angels or demons or whatever they are start melting fucking faces. That's a really cool moment in that movie. And they're all like hand-drawn, animated, or like photographed in some cases, and they're turned from beautiful angels into like fucking skeletal demons. And they're literally melting faces off. And it is most one of the most iconic moments in film history. And it just broke my brain as a kid and really introduced me into the possibilities of horror in film. And it's funny that you mentioned the rest of the series of that, because when I was a kid watching... Um, the Last Crusade, right? There are some moments in that movie that really terrified me. Oh yeah, he like, drinks in the wrong cup and he becomes yeah. his skin melts away and he becomes, yes. <laughs> becomes a skeleton. I was just like, oh my god, when I was a kid, yeah. like that was fucking awesome. So certainly gateway horror. I kind of wish after you showed me Raiders of the Lost Ark as an adult that I had seen it as a kid. You know, yeah. like I was sad. I was like, I wish that I had experienced something like that. But I'm still glad that I got to watch it, and I can totally recognize the gateway elements in this movie. Oh, totally. Well, speaking of gateway, there's one of the major ones. That's right. It's number seven on our list, and that's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, who's who's not been whose dreams have not been haunted by that fucking like boat ride boat ride jesus that like drug-fueled boat ride yeah <clears throat> spoiler alert if we ever do our top 10 movies to watch under the influence this, this is one of them top. yeah <laughs> i mean that fucking boat ride is horrifying and it's like really like it should be retitled like six you know creative ways to kill children exactly right yeah this movie is just scary and it's not supposed to be right or maybe it is. Doesn't like World Doll kind of creates these worlds that are kind of creepy, kind of otherworldly and weird. I think is a better descriptor. There's a lot of horror adjacency. Yeah, in doll. Really. I mean, and everything from like Matilda to James and the Giant Peach. I mean, like he has a lot of horror elements in his work. And this, these are books that are geared toward children. Who did the the witches? World Doll. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's got a lot, a lot of horror gateway, a lot of like adjacency going on in his work, but. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, man. Even those little Oompa Loompas are kind of like creepy, right? Oh, yeah. They're, all the songs have like a horror twinge to them. Oompa Loompa. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's what like there's a DAC. What do you get when you guzzle down sweets? Yeah, I feel like there's like a DAC Ray stuck in there somewhere, yeah. you know? DAC Ray, Oompa yes. Loompa. <laughs> Before we recorded, I was going to be like, Oompa Loompa doopity doo. I've got another movie for you. But now you can just cut that out. Well, speaking of Muppets. <laughs> Number six, we've got Dark Crystal. Y'all know that Chris and I like this movie a lot. <laughs> I love the TV show, too, on Netflix, and no one watched it. Fucking loved it. We talked about it in an episode, right? Did yeah, we you watch the first like, two episodes and yeah, abandoned I, it. But I like the movie a lot. Betrayer. That's right. I am. Betray you. <laughs> uh, the Dark Crystal. Man, so many things frightened me when I was a kid when I watched this. Yeah. What scared you the most? Oh, my God. Everything. Like, fucking Ogra, <laughs> her missing eye rolling around, and the Skeksis scared me, and everything scared me about this movie as a kid. It's very dark. Ogre scared me It's called me the, the Dark most. Crystal. <laughs> what? Ogre, man. I mean, like, I don't know why. The fucking spider things that are taking them all out you know and then like sucking their brains Garfin. out <laughs> yeah <Garfin. laughs> Gaffling. Hmm. peace <laughs> please Gaffling. 
Lord Chamberlain. I, <laughs> we fucking love the Dark Crystal. We talk about this movie all the time. We quote it, and mostly by quotes, we just make sketchy noises <laughs> at each other. It's so neat that like like you and I were not friends when we were children. You know what I mean? But we had a very similar experience growing up, right? And I guess maybe it's a generational thing. So like all these movies, for the most part come from a certain period of time right like the 80s right yeah. or like late 70s so but the dark crystal is like jim henson at his best at his creepiest really right? really yeah. is it's like if you watch this and you look like all the artistry that went to something like very cg like avatar or whatever they did it all in camera mm-hmm. all the vegetation and everything's moving and animated and it's all puppeteered and animatronic and it's all in camera and it's just an amazing thing to watch i completely agree with you yeah. and in fact like oftentimes i just want to rewatch this movie so mm-hmm. well speaking of muppets <laughs> again we've got number five which is Return to Oz. Now, out of everything on our list, I am going to categorically say that as a kid, this movie scared me the most. I didn't see it until later, probably when I was until I was like eleven or twelve. Okay. I was very disappointed with it. Oh, really? Even though I had yet to see Furza Balk in the Craft, mm-hmm. because that didn't come out till much much later. But you know, little did I know, Furza Balk was Dorothy. I, this movie, I watched it a lot when I was a kid. Well, I was obsessed with Wizard of Oz. And when I came to this movie and everything looked, the design of the Scarecrow and the Tin Woodsman and everything else was completely different. I was so like disappointed. I was like, this is fan fiction. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) But this movie's scary. This movie is just frightening. And as an adult, I realized that the designs are much closer to the intent of the author. That's true. The the woman likes switching heads, right? Yeah. Mombi or whatever her name is. Yeah, is just terrifying. When all the heads sort of like wake up in their cases, right? And are screaming and their mouths are open, their eyes are like wide, is a really frightening experience to watch something like that as a child. Or when she's getting like shock therapy in the beginning of this movie. Yeah, and I remember not being into it because I was just, I was still a child, but I was just like, this is dark and not fun dark. This is not excessively dark. This is just dark. It is dark. It's a really dark children's movie. Those fucking things on the rollerblades. The wheelers? The shit out. Yes. Yes. I know. They scare the shit out of me. They still kind of do. I mean, I'm kind of hoping that this gets chosen on the Patreon poll. You know what I mean? I want to talk about yeah. this movie. I'm not quite sure it's deep dive worthy, but certainly from a bonus episode standpoint, there's a lot of horror to mine in this particular movie. And we've already done a Patreon episode on Dark Crystal, so it's going to be interesting to see which ones of these make it onto a Patreon list for the poll. That's right. It could be kind of a small poll. By but the time this episode comes out, you may already have access to that poll. So we'll see. That's Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, so number four on our list is another Jim Henson movie. And this is a big one. Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Another movie that I watched a lot as a kid and then later on as a teenager. Oh, well, you know what this reminds me of? What? The Babe. Do you remind me of The Babe? I do remember The Babe. Dance, magic, dance. The Babe with the power. <laughs> <laughs> I am not going to continue with this. My power, the power of... <laughs> do, 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 do. You do, I do. I do what? Remind me the babe. <laughs> you go on forever. I miss David Bowie so much every day. Do you know who choreographed this movie? David Bowie? Gates McFadden. Really? The doctor 
on the next generation of Star Trek. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's what she does for a living. She's a dancer. She choreographs. And uh, she just went in for a friend convinced her to go in for a one-off audition for Star Trek. And she got that role. <laughs> Jesus, I had no idea. Yeah. I have not heard the name Gates McFadden in quite some time. <laughs> it's very difficult to work into conversation. And she did a, re- a really good job because that song, right? Dance Magic Dance is like yeah. super well choreographed and it's choreographed with Muppets. As one of the best choreographies and the worst because it's this super little fire monster Muppets changing heads that looks so horrible today. I mean, it's fine though. Like, mm. this movie is... is kind of scary and this would be a lot of people's number one i think we're getting into a lot of people's number ones like will and wonka return to oz labyrinth we're getting to a lot of people's probably biggest fears as children yeah well i mean like this movie starts with like a baby being abducted right so like well i don't remember being really creeped out by the obviously creepy things Mm -hmm. i remember being creeped out by like the scene when she gets back to her fake house Mm -hmm. when she thinks she's home right and you see like these piles of fucking creepy Muppet demon things and that was creepy to me that scared the shit out of me and then when she's like opening she sees like them in the mirror looking at her and then she looks around they're not there you know and then they like when she's calling the name or doing whatever she has to do to call David Bowie to her Mm -hmm. and it's just going like say say his name or whatever and it's just like cuts to them all the Muppets you know that freaked me out as a kid because they don't look normal they don't look like Kermit you know they They look like like Monkeypox. <laughs> <laughs> this is like Jim Henson on crack, like fully. Yeah. Um, th- this movie is also incredibly endearing and sweet, you know? Yeah. And um, it's very Oz-like, like the original kind of Oz. It is. You yeah. know? It's like a girl traveling to a faraway land and having to get back home. I mean, it has all of those Oz beats, but it's different and singular and separate from that movie. Yeah. Um, I feel like Jennifer Connelly is amazing always when i see her on screen and i will literally think of her always from labyrinth when i see her even now so the same friend who made us watch the last unicorn all the time also really loved labyrinth so between last unicorn and labyrinth that's what we watched when we were stoned like constantly there's a lot of stuff in labyrinth this is like riddled with nightmare fuel like Mm -hmm. the the hands that make the fucking faces and shit like there's all kinds of stuff i still like the little worm though Oh, me too. He's cute. He's cute. Don't take anything for granted. <laughs> I don't know. He's like, he's more like, hello. Let's um, come in and meet the missus. Hello, Gemma. <laughs> yeah. You need to watch that movie again, too. So now we're getting into our deep divey stuff. We might want to actually eventually deep dive Labyrinth, honestly. I'd be down interesting for that. themes there. So I don't know. We might have to withhold that from the poll. Yeah, it's going to be a really short poll, I think. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Number three is Legend. OMG. Yeah, and so we're actually doing this in a deep dive. Our second deep dive this month is going to be on Legend. I love this movie so much. This is another movie I watched a lot as a kid. But what version are we going to watch? Oh, Jesus. I've only seen the one version. Which version? The one that was originally released. Well, both were released. Okay. I've one was released in Europe and one was in the United States. I've only seen the US version. Okay, that's the one with Tangerine Dream. Yes. With the soundtrack. The other one has a beautiful Jerry Goldsmith score. I mean, I'm up for whatever. I want to kind of watch both. Are we going to deep dive both? They're very different cuts, and so I kind of want to watch both. Okay. 
and see which one I like better. I think one's more, the Tangerine Dream one is a lot more kitty. Yeah. And the one that's a little more adult is the, is the Jerry Goldsmith score. And it's a little bit darker and there's a lot more cuts with like the darknesses, like father, a satanic figure kind of talking from a statue and stuff. And there's, hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting you would say Kitty because I feel like this movie is very, very accessible but very, very dark. Like even that U.S. version, I have nothing to compare it to. You need to, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna have to give you my copy so you can see the European version. I have the right. version. Yeah, so you should have both cuts then if you have the 20th anniversary version or whatever mm-hmm. it is. I just haven't. I've never opened it. Anyway, Tim Curry kills it as yes. Darkness. And I mean, I, <clears throat> I can take or leave uh, fucking Tom Cruise, but and then I like fucking, Tom Cruise in this. Like, another Star Trek alum. Robert Picardo, who plays the Doctor Hologram Doctor, plays the Meg the Swamp Witch. <laughs> is it Mia Sarah in this movie too? Yeah. I mean, like it is like classically eighties, but man, between this and Return to Oz, like I watched these movies a lot when I was a kid, and they were they were dark but very accessible to me. Yeah, and I just really enjoyed Legend, and I'm super excited to talk about it on the deep dive. So we probably shouldn't like just gush over it now. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. And that continues with our our number two. The never-ending story, which is coming out next week, and we just recorded that, so get ready for nearly an hour and a half of gushing over the never-ending story and all of the themes therein, and of all of the movies on this list, that probably has the most complicated themes. Yeah, and I, I'm glad that we got to discuss all those in the deep dive. So, like, just as a preview, um, but Chris and I have wanted to talk about the never-ending story on the podcast since before the podcast was even a thing. And so that finally is coming to fruition next week. So definitely check out that deep dive. And what's interesting about a lot of these eighties movies, like Sands, maybe like Raiders, the lost Ark, you know, and little top of horrors. There's like, um, there's a lot of melancholy across these, you know, a sense of loss and, you know, dark crystal and labyrinth, the return to Oz legend, even never new story for sure. You know, last unicorn, like there's all of these have this like interesting, like very specific, sense of um loss and melancholy that was very specific to the 80s horror adjacency you know in a lot of these one i feel like and we've talked about this before that when you're talking about these very difficult themes right like that using genre to explain it is just easier yeah right i mean like when you're watching some like highly dramatic movie and someone is feeling like melancholy or depressed it's just there because the character is there right doesn't really talk about why or how, right? But you can easily kind of explain it or find allegory through like fantasy, science fiction, horror easily with all these like heavy themes. Well, it's like they look at everything through the lens of melancholy versus like all of the high energy, bright colored, poppy animated movies for kids today. Mm-hmm. You know, they might have these moments of sadness, you know, but. I mean, even Willy Wonka at the end of the day is about kind of a sad, lonely man. Yeah. The you closest know? thing I can think of is maybe up. Oh my god, up just kills me every time. And that's mostly in the front, but there's that thread of melancholy throughout it, you know, yeah. but there's nothing quite like it elsewhere. But yeah, Never Ending Story is definitely a sad movie, right? Mm. I mean, come on, you stupid horse. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me? I told you never to call me that. <laughs>
But that brings us to our number one film. And obviously, there's there's lots of choices for gateway horror, but there's one particular classic that would always remain at the top of anyone's gateway horror list. Right. And, you know, like a lot of these like were one or even two generations of, of kids like getting into horror or gatewaying themselves into horror. This was basically all generations. That's right. This movie has stood the test of time. Everyone has seen this and it is truly scary for children. I believe this is from 1938. Yeah, 1938 or 39. So right around then. Yeah. Obviously, we're talking about the Technicolor. How many ways we can can we describe before we actually? I know before we actually say the title, everyone knows what it is now. Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz. Mm. My God, the Technicolor dream of the Wizard of Oz. Are you a good witch or a bad witch? I'm not a witch at all. I'm a bad witch. Well, that's a horse (laughs) of a different color. What'd you call me? Artax. You stupid horse. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we've got uh, you know her being ripped away from her family. Um, violently by this tornado. She lands and someone kills them. She lands <laughs> right on a woman. And then this witch comes out of a fireball and threatens her life and that of her little dog too. And then throwing fireballs at her friends and lighting them on fire. And then, uh, you know, has her like crystal ball and is like saying, hey, you have the t- the to the end of this timer to die or whatever. And then she melts into the fucking floor. And this is from 1939. Like I was scared as shit as a small child at least for this movie and then after that i was obsessed well let me tell you what scared me the most when i was a kid and i'm gonna open this drink to do it because this movie scared me quite a bit when i was younger the flying monkeys the fucking monkeys (laughs) i was just horrified by them and i also was obsessed with the wizard of oz as i feel like a lot of kids maybe a lot of like little gay boy kids or whatever um, I watched it so, so much, right? The flying monkeys terrified me and the giant head of the wizard when he was like projecting it for them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was just, just scary. When I was younger, like I said, I was obsessed. My parents took me to this department store cause they were having people sort of like dress up like characters from the wizard of Oz. And I really wanted to go. And then we got there and someone was dressed up as the wicked witch. Yeah. Right. And I, fucking lost my shit. My parents had to like drag me out of there because I was screaming and crying so much. This is how much this movie affected me as a child. And it's kind of like nightmare fuel a little bit. I remember Mr. Rogers did a special episode with Margaret Hamilton. Yes. You know, to show like the hat came off and, you know, and, and what was made of, and he had a very nice conversation with her and it was about fear. You know, it was about, you know, knowing what's behind it, you know? And so it was just interesting because that's like a shared nightmare for everyone. But You know, later on, I just got obsessed with it and not scared of it. You know? Yeah. I just loved it for the movie of it. It is an amazing movie to watch. It is a, like a a cinematic Marvel, you know, it could be fucking Garland. Yeah. (laughs) I can't believe we haven't said that name yet. (laughs) It's uh, I mean, like, honestly, this could be one of the best movies ever made, like period. And I feel like a lot of people would agree with that. So easy for kids to either like look at the fantasy of it and like the brightness of it all. Or if you sort of like have a predilection toward darkness, there's plenty of that in this movie too. It's also just super unique because it starts off in that sepia. It's not black and white. It's sepia. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you just open that door and go into color. And even still to this day, it's kind of breathtaking. I was just about to say it is fucking 
breathtaking when that happens, right? And there's a Cursed Films episode of this on Shudder, right? And yeah. there's like a whole bunch of shit that happened in the making of this movie that I had no idea. It was horrifying for these people like working on this movie. Oh yeah, the, like the, the flying monkeys would have to like stay up there. Uh, people would be like doing take after take and you'd be like, guys, get it right. We are dying up here. And they'd have to like let loose the sweat out of their suits and it would just fall to the fucking ground. And that woman who played the Wicked Witch, like she was literally burned. Like, Margaret Hamilton. Yeah, so badly, right? Yeah, it was just a lot, a well, lot they, going on. And then they treated it immediately with uh, something that reacted with mm-hmm. the the fire and the, the paint on her skin. That made it worse. So she had third degree burns, I, I think, uh, across her, her shoulder, back and neck or something like that. I feel like this movie definitely is deep dive worthy. Like at some at some point, we don't have put your actors in a fireball. <laughs> I mean, and don't put on that horrible silver paint that's going to like just kill you. Oh, yeah. The first actor that played the Tense Woodman, Tense Woodman ended up being in the hospital for like weeks. Buddy Epson, who would later go on and be on the Beverly Hillbillies. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I feel like between the two of us, this would be like a three hour fucking deep dive. You know what I mean? But worth it. And so like this movie definitely needs to be in the number one spot for gateway horror. I agree. So we've mentioned the animated movies that was represented by The Last Unicorn. But we also have gateway horror that's much more in the straight-up horror category that was marketed more as horror, like Gremlins, right? The Witches, Tremors, The Gate, Beetlejuice, Ghostbusters, Darby O'Gale and the Little People, for fuck's sake, (laughs) with a goddamn banshee that scared the shit out of me. The Ten Commandments scared the shit out of me as a kid. This is the Charlton Heston version you know and um my god death coming down from the moon or whatever and like just as a mist and killing everyone Mm -hmm. just hearing all those screams that terrified the shit out of me as a kid well and obviously like we've already done gremlins on a deep dive and like that movie really affected me as a child i i loved it right but it was also like sort of horrifying and it definitely is gateway but it is more straightforward horror than some of the movies that were on our list and i think we've covered the gate in patreon we did. And we have yet to talk about Beetlejuice, Ghostbusters, um, The Witches. And those could happen at some point. I don't you know, know if, it, if Witches would be a deep dive, but. Well, I mean, but like Beetlejuice, certainly. Like, I liked that a lot when I was a kid. And there's very definite, like, supernatural, scary things going on in that movie. It's very definite gateway, uh, like a lot of Tim Burton is. Have you ever seen Darby O'Gale and the Little People? <laughs> yes. It's also Sean Connery's ever first, first ever for movie. I have not seen it in a very long time. Yeah, he's but uh, we used to have that on VHS and like the old like clamshell kind of box. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're also forgetting like TV series. I think is a pretty big thing for gateway horror because obviously as kids we had access to television a lot. But yeah, so when I was a kid, like I definitely, I mean, we had cable, right? And so like I would stay up late to watch Tales from the Crypt on HBO and it was like one of my favorite things. Me too. And super accessible as far as like horror goes and not too terrible for kids, you know? Like today it seems tame in comparison. My parents had a VHS collection of The Twilight Zone and Ooh. I would watch that without them knowing. I also liked The Twilight Zone. Yeah. A lot. I liked a lot of old television. The Scary Door. <laughs> <laughs> My God. I also like that show. The thing is that you got to watch some things on TV that I sort of like skipped over or didn't watch, right? Things that were definitely geared toward children. Yeah. Well, I mean, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Scared the shit out of me and my sister when we were kids. Uh-huh. I've right. never seen a single episode. 
Yeah. And now there's like a resurgence on Netflix with like specials, like our specials or movie specials. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like a little mini series now. And I think after my time, a little bit was goosebumps. The books came out in my time, but the, like the TV show and movies or whatever the fuck for goosebumps came out a little after I was kind of over the, the kids stuff. And I was moving on to YA or adult horror. Um, you know, we also had Batman and Batman, the animated series and X-Men. And there was a lot of horror adjacency in those, depending on the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of feel like I need to go back and watch some of these things. I think I've talked about that on the podcast before. Like I totally, it's a whole section of my life that I didn't get to experience because I just wasn't watching things that were geared toward kids. Like I was literally watching horror movies instead. And I kind of want to feel an appreciation for them. And so like, maybe I'll have you curate some episodes of things that I should have not missed. There was just like a great night for a couple of years there where it was just like roundhouse Clarissa explains it all. Rin Stimpy. And are you afraid of the dark Mm -hmm. at Nick at night or whatever it was? And, um, you know, it gave us this template for kids coming together and getting standing around a fire, like secretly away from the adults and telling all these stories. And each person was responsible for coming with a different story. Similar and maybe even came from the the Midnight Club from Christopher Pike. That's now, you know, coming out on Netflix uh, today as of this recording. That's right. And we're going to be watching some of that hopefully later on. Yeah. Any other special mentions? No, I think that's about it. We've li- we've listed like you know, twice as many as a top 10 at this point, you know, but But there's just a lot, there's a lot of fodder to choose from, right. When creating this top 10 and, um, yeah. And I'm sure there's more that we haven't mentioned, you know, and, and there always will be when it comes to like horror adjacency and gateway horror, especially during this time when we're really focusing on when we were growing up. That's right. Because they're still creating these things today. Yeah. And I I, want to venture to say like most of our listeners are kind of around our age, you know, I would gather, but also a lot of our listeners have kids of their own. And so they're looking for things maybe current or older to like show their kids. Right. Yeah. So there's definitely gateway horror to be found. But I'm starting to, to feel, you know, like we're kind of a little past the, the, the prime that's out now with the, with the kids, you know, that are now adults, mm-hmm. you know, cause I'm like watching like rings of power and I'm watching some of the commentary on YouTube and stuff. And like, these people are like, well, I was raised on the OG Lord of the Rings, you know, and I was like raised. I'm like, oh, my God, when this thing came out, like these people are like able to legally drink and drive now. And these movies came out when they were like a baby. Why you are know? you always doing this to me when you talk about time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, holy shit. So uh, I don't know what's what's still shared, you know, is Wizard of Oz something they still take seriously or they still watch as kids and we can all kind of still multi-generationally. Where's the fall off? You know, that happened in the 90s, 2000. Has it happened yet? I don't know. Uh, for you younger listeners out there that are, you know, less than, let's say, 30, <laughs> let us know uh, if any of these resonated with you at all or if some other things were gateway horror for you and the people that are older than us. Let us know. What was it for you in the 60s or 70s? You know, because we're talking about the 80s and 90s. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm super interested in those things, too. I think that just about wraps up our top 10 gateway horror movies. Like Chris just said, we would like to know the things that you consider to be gateway horror, either for yourself when you were younger, what you're showing your kids today. You can do that on social media at the film flamers on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can email us at tired queens at filmflamers.com or call our hotline at 972-666-7733. Mm, you fiery bull. Get in my gateway. 
whore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's no topping that. <clears throat> Guys, like we said, we have a lot of content coming out for you in November. Gateway horror, especially. We are talking about two of our favorite gateway horror movies. Neverending Story next week. And Legend the week after. So stay tuned for that. Also, if you want that bonus content or help us choose which gateway horror movie we're talking about on Patreon, head over to patreon.com slash the film flamers, join the family and vote in that poll. You get to decide the movie we talk about. That's right. We also need some reviews. So head over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes, leave us a five-star review, and we will read that on Shooting the Flames. Well, Robert, Chris, I've been through a few too many gateways today. That's right. <laughs> we'll take old biddies. Yeah. And I need to catch up on some of these lists. Well, while you're doing that, I'm going to go have some sweet dreams over the rainbow. Cloud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to gateway myself right out of this room. Four. <laughs> Four. <laughs> Top 10 gateway whores. <laughs> Robert.